And we're recording. So welcome everyone to the Trusted CI webinar for March 26, 2018. I'm your host, Jeanette Dopheide. Trusted CI is the NSF Cybersecurity Center of Excellence, and these webinars are part of its mission to deliver high-quality, actionable guidance regarding cybersecurity to the NSF community. More information about Trusted CI can be found at trustedci.org. Today's topic is Data Quality and Security Evaluation Framework Development with Leon Resnick and Igor Koklov. Before we begin, I have a few items to note. First, this presentation is being recorded. Second, participants are welcome to ask questions during the session uh, using the chat box. As I said earlier, just click on the chat icon and start typing. And we also take questions at the end of the presentation as well. But uh, Igor and Leon wanted to encourage those of you attending to ask questions during the presentation. They don't mind. And with that, uh, I will hand the, I'll stop sharing and then hand the microphone over to Igor and Leon. Welcome. Uh, okay, hello. Uh, I'm Igor. And I'm Leon. Okay, uh, one second, I will start sharing our screen. Yep. I can hear you guys, by the way. You sound good. Okay, okay good. Okay. Okay, good morning. How are you today? Um, so today we'll be talking about our project, which is funded by Cybersecurity Innovation for Cyber Infrastructure Program. Uh, and uh, a couple of things which I want uh, to tell you before we'll start talking about our work. Uh, this is our joint grant with New York University, and uh, we have uh, a couple of slides uh, to mention their work briefly, but mainly we'll be talking about our work. And uh, this is our second year in this project, as you see. So we are right in the middle of our project. We have done some work already, and we'll be talking about this work, but at the same time, we do have time to change directions, to add something uh, in, more interesting. So we are looking for your feedback. Uh, please, please give us feedback at the end. Uh, give us your opinions about our directions, about our results. We will really appreciate your feedback. Um, so, uh, and this is our agenda first. Uh, we will try to motivate you and tell you that this project is important. And then uh, we'll talk about what we have done, about framework, architecture, and composition, which we are developing. And then uh, we'll talk a bit more about practical applications, which we have already developed, and cyber infrastructure tools, which are already available. Um, so uh, the main motivation is actually the situation which we have with science development right now. So probably uh, science was a bit different from real life until very recently. Uh, scientists mainly work together. Some scientists collected data and then they were um, moved those data and uh, gave those data to other scientists uh, and it was some kind of a closed society. Nowadays, everyone can become a scientist uh, and uh, everyone can collect data 
everyone can share data and probably everyone can get their share of data collected by others. Um, so, uh, and we have these great tools coming with smartphones, other mobile devices, and a lot of things which are now composing internet. So, uh, a lot of data coming from probably non-professional scientists, coming from some smart devices, but really how smart are they, how secure are they, what is the quality of this data which is uh, coming from all those sources. Um, practically, again, um, from the business perspective, not just science, uh, our data generation, data collection, data use model has changed. Um, previously, we had few companies uh, who were specializing in generating data and others were just data consumers. Now, again, everyone can generate data, everyone can use it. Uh, and uh, probably, again, at the first time in the history of science, in the history of civilization, uh, we've got with something which we call now big data phenomenon, big data problems, because again, scientists always wanted to get more data. But now probably we have the problem we have too much data and we are not able to process, to manage, to analyze, to summarize all those data. Uh, so how to help to solve this problem? And again, um, if you don't trust me about this big data phenomenon, you are either skeptical about it, just look around, probably you can see all those self-driving cars already, which generate and consume a lot of data, uh, or you can look at your home and you can see uh, a lot of devices connected to internet, which again uh, supply and consume a lot of data. Um, so, where is the big data solution? Um, we are trying to tell you that uh, there is some generic solution possible. And uh, this solution means filtering data based on how they feed the particular application. So, it means that probably we have to move from intensive development when we try from extensive development, sorry, when we try to generate more and more data to intensive development, when we should just generate and uh, use the data which we need to solve our particular problem to uh, generate a particular application. Uh, and data quality is not a new phenomenon, is not a new concept. Uh, people have been talking about it for quite a while, and uh, there are quite a few definitions of data quality, which are available in the literature. Basically, uh, data quality is evaluated by uh, how degree uh, in which it fits a particular application, in which it satisfies particular requirement, in which uh, 
it means user requirements. Um, there are some projects which have been trying to employ uh, some data quality metrics to solve particular problems, but so far um, there has been no generic approach to data quality evaluation and there has been no uh, big data quality management uh, frameworks or systems which would uh, help us to do it. So our idea is that data quality should be inseparable from data itself and um, any data entity should be associated with some data quality indicators. So we should know how good or bad this data is. Uh, that will actually change uh, data management and data processing from some kind of one dimensional space when we process just data uh, to some kind of multi-dimensional space when we simultaneously process data and associated quality indicators. Uh, and uh, this particular case could significantly improve um, the um, decision making which utilizes those data. So uh, if I have not convinced you that data quality is still an uh, is important problem, uh, I want to offer you to, to offer you some personal examples. And probably again, uh, I'm quite sure you have heard of some stories from your friends, uh, or maybe it was you who was diagnosed with a heart attack because during a simple medical procedure, a technician connected somewhere the wrong way. So data was collected was really bad, poor quality, but I don't want uh, to give you many horror stories. So Igor has a nice, simple example. Yes, uh, I'm sure that everybody of us uh, can think about examples that lead to some problems. Uh, for me it was I was driving my old car and uh, eventually I get, got run out of fuel. Uh, despite my fuel sensor was showing me that I have at least half a tank. Uh, I didn't figure out uh, at first. Uh, and it was only one-time problem. After I refueled my car it was okay. But since that I couldn't trust my sensor. Uh, anymore and I wish uh, it sh can show me before that uh, that I cannot trust that I couldn't trust the sensor so after that I was keeping uh, in mind how many fuel I put into the fuel tank uh, how many miles I drove uh, so I was relying on other sensors in my car uh, and this example shows that if some system could combine uh, like different measurements of my car uh, the system could figure out that something wrong with the fuel sensor and I shouldn't trust it. So it was not so bad, but uh, this uh, example um, uh, made me to think about the data quality of sensors' data. Okay, so again, the main word here, if only I knew. If again I knew that I could not trust my sensors, then probably I would make better decision. Um, 
So what we are trying to do, again, we are trying to develop framework which presents to the user the data plus quality indicators. So uh, in this case, the user could make a better decision. Um, and we are going to evaluate the data quality at the point of use uh, for particular application. Uh, now we'll move to framework architecture. Uh, and uh, again, our major solution is a cycle, cyclic distributed hierarchical framework for data quality evaluation and assurance. Um, so, and to develop such a framework, we need to solve a few problems. Problem number one, we have to develop metrics and we have to compose those metrics and integrate them together to get some kind of an integral indicators. And we have to do it in some kind of dynamic uh, environment because the situation changes. Um, so uh, sensors could be solved, the quality uh, comes up or down if they do, are not solved, and uh, there could be um, attacks coming because nowadays data is used probably halfway around the world uh, from the data source. So data could be lost on the way and it could be maliciously alternated too. So uh, security, security of the computer network, security of communication network, security of computer systems, security of computer devices um, becomes a very important influencing factor which affects data quality at the point of use. So these three parts we are addressing in our current project. Um, we have in mind some future developments which would allow us to improve the quality of our framework by introducing some automatic readjustment of the system to improve quality, uh, data quality assurance through self-learning procedures. But this is again some kind of a future indication. We will be not talking in this presentation about part four and part five. Um, so a few more details about first three parts. Uh, the first part is again about metrics. Which metrics to select, how to get them, um, what characteristics we need to address and to include into the metrics composition. Uh, metrics, again, could characterize characteristics of the quality of the source, such as a sensor, uh, it could characterize the security of communication channel. It could characterize um, the quality, reliability of the, uh, and security of the storage facilities. And all those factors could, could influence the quality of the data which is coming out of those facilities. So, um, because we are trying to develop some kind of a generic approach, 
we want to pick up metrics which are important to the range of possible tasks. And those metrics need to be quantifiable, um, and on the other hand, they need to be obtainable. Um, and again, we have done some work already, and here you can see some publications. Um, and we were trying to classify metrics uh, to provide some kind of structure to the metric selection. Some metrics are sensor-specific. For example, if we are trying to evaluate uh, the quality of the image uh, and a camera is a data source, so then we can use some uh, metrics which characterize camera brightness, contrast ratio, and other metrics. Uh, then we can talk about application device-specific metrics. And uh, security is a major factor which characterizes the quality of the device. Because again, if my uh, camera is embedded into my smartphone, and smartphone is not secure, I, can, I could have a very nice, very high quality camera with high quality images, but uh, if I have malicious software on my device, then probably those images could be maliciously altered. Um, and there are some kind of generic metrics which are applicable to the range of possible devices and data sources. For example, um, what was the last time when this device or this source was patched or this sensor was soft or it was calibrated? Um, and again, we have uh, here um, some publications which talk about those problems. Um, here are some examples. Um, the, a sample of generic metrics. For example, again, time since manufacturing for the sensor or for the device, time since service, um, some kind of security metrics which uh, tell us how many incidents we had, some, how many system breaches we had over a certain period of time. Um, here's the table with examples of specific samples for a particular um, sensor. For example, if we are talking about electric power meetings, we can talk about some materials from which the sensor is done and the quality of that material, uh, again, affects the quality of data coming out. Um, if we are talking about, for example, water meters, uh, the mounting position of this sensor uh, affects the quality of data too. Um, and here are some more examples uh, which uh, help to tell you where the metrics could come from. 
because our idea is to use some kind of professional standards, um, manuals for different devices, and here are, for example, some metrics which we use from um, NIST standard for security evaluation or the standard for uh, measurement uncertainty evaluation. Um, and again, uh, those metrics are generic. Um, but again, one could find some more for a specific application. So, um, in terms of classification, uh, we will try to divide all possible metrics into four groups. Uh, the group number one characterizes accuracy of data source, like a sensor. Um, group number two characterizes reliability and serviceability of facilities, again, when uh, this device was patched or served last time. Group number three characterizes network and system security. And group number four characterizes safety and environmental impact and uh, the, perform the application performance. Now uh, we come to part number two. Uh, we uh, have to develop calculus to process those data quality metrics because, again, there could be quite a few of those metrics. Uh, we can offer, say, a few dozen metrics to the user, but the user probably will not be too thankful to us for that because usually the user wants to know how good or bad uh, the data is. Um, and he wants to use probably again one, two, three, four indicators. So how to get those integral indicators? Uh, we have to develop some kind of formal procedures to compose the different metrics into integral indicators. And again, we have tried it for um, on some examples and here are our publications. But uh, in terms of calculus, again, um, so far, uh, we try to develop some kind of uh, hierarchical system based on those four groups. So first, we try to integrate data accuracy indicators into some kind of uh, accuracy aggregate factor. Uh, and the same we do for security and other groups. Uh, so if we go this way, we will get some aggregate indicators. So we know that for a particular uh, data, we have great accuracy, but some problems with security. It means that if we are not satisfied with overall quality, then we have to address security problems first. And then we integrate those aggregate indicators into some kind of overall quality indicator. Um, so far, uh, we have been using rather simple operators. We tried basically two schemes. One is just a weighted sum. Uh, another one is some kind of a more um, complicated logical function, which has been implemented as an expert system, as basically a rules 
system. And again, here are some publications where we present those uh, results. Um, and again, um, some examples how we calculated um, data quality metrics, for example, time since manufacturing, we can use a linear function, uh, we can use exponential function, we can use some kind of step drop function. Um, and again, some more examples of aggregations uh, for security indicators, uh, for uh, cryptography indicators, for uncertainty, uh, measurement uncertainty, which characterizes data accuracy. More information about those indicators and their calculus could be found in this publication. Um, again, uh, we were trying to uh, create some kind of a classification system uh, and we were trying to compose first order metrics to second order aggregate metrics. Um, and again, this is an example how we do it to, from the security perspective. So just a couple of slides for future direction. Um, again, so in this project, we are trying to develop data quality evaluation system. And so far, it has been user-centric. So our idea is that the user can select from cyber infrastructure procedures, which we develop and present to the user. Um, so, of course, the user's choice could be good, could be not good. So in the future directions, we want to develop uh, self-learning procedures to readjust data quality indicators, to readjust data quality selection and data quality calculus based on both supervised and unsupervised learning. Um, and we want to move from data quality evaluation only to data quality assurance. So we are able to guarantee certain level of data quality by readjusting uh, data sources and communication passes. Uh, and if we can do it, we can uh, improve system reliability and assurance with data quality. And here we are talking about data collection and data management systems. Now we move to uh, implementation part. And before I give a floor to Igor, uh, this is a couple of slides which present our collaborators' work. Um, again, our major implementation platform is based on smartphones, Android-based smartphones, and we have already developed some software and uh, Android apps uh, for that, and we are, we are going to use that uh, software which was developed at New York University. Um, now Igor will talk about uh, our software. 
Yeah. <clears throat> okay. So uh, we already have developed different software. Uh, for example, here you can see a screenshot for uh, tools that can assign uh, specific and generic metrics. Uh, for like this window demonstrates generic metrics like uh, Dr. Resnick said, for example, uh, manufacturer date, uh, calibration date, and so on. Uh, this window, uh, it's uh, in this window you can enter uh, specific metrics uh, for sensors uh, like different thresholds and so on. So also we developed a framework uh, for visualization and uh, it's much easier to uh, make a decision uh, when you see these metrics uh, in different uh, forms like charts. Uh, uh, graphs and uh, during this empirical study uh, we even found out that one of the sensors on the smartphone uh, was calibrated wrong uh, due to this visualization. So you can uh, find more details uh, on this publication. So as we said uh, we want to support hierarchical uh, structure and uh, one of the um, metrics for data quality it's data veracity data security and uh, privacy so let's first talk about uh, data veracity uh, and here is example how a uh, hierarchical structure can uh, allow us to integrate uh, different metrics from different sensors uh, into trust uh, trust device trust of the sensors and later to overall trust score uh, and we did it, uh, we developed a method uh, for uh, evaluation uh, of veracity based on device settings on a smartphone or an Android device. Uh, and this is examples of uh, devices settings that we take into account for logical data veracity and logic so data veracity can be uh, based on physical parameters of sensors like accuracy noise ratio and so on and logical for example uh, what settings of your smartphones uh, you enabled or disabled like what versions of android uh, os you have and what device model what rating so uh, our framework uh, proposed framework uh, for this overall rest evaluation uh, consists of two parts uh, one of them is run on a local it's a local part run on a device it's a green and uh, red uh, other one is a remote server part which will be developed in the future it's under development now and for local uh, we developed and it should be model modular uh, approach so we developed a library that can be used uh, by any data scientist uh, and this library provides different uh, scores and to demonstrate the functionality of this library we developed a application that based on this library uh, and this library doesn't require any uh, permissions additional from user uh, it's based on other library that included at any modern android device so it's a motivation uh, for this application that based on this library, uh, not all, like almost all users doesn't know what security metrics uh, 
what security parameters of their phone uh, they should enable or disable. So this application uh, gives overall uh, score and uh, show what parameters of the device, uh, how these parameters influence uh, on this score. User can read details about each parameter and go directly to the uh, according settings. Uh, also, user can simulate uh, and like turning on and turning off different parameters and see how these parameters influence on the overall score. And again, this is based on the libraries that can be used by other applications. Uh, other applications, what we detected, uh, which we developed, it's a detector of verified applications. Uh, in Android, user can install uh, applications not only from trusted sources like Google Play or uh, we consider as trusted places uh, Google Play Store and Amazon Store. Uh, user can install it from different uh, websites uh, and it can be this application that were installed from untrusted sources uh, can uh, it can be uh, dangerous for users privacy and security point of view so we detect these applications and show to the user and also developer signature of these applications uh, third application that is under development right now, uh, based on analysis of permissions, uh, we analyzed uh, various malware and uh, normal applications. And here you can see uh, at the right the distribution of non-dangerous permission group for normal application and for malware. And you can see it's more or less the same. But for dangerous permissions, you can see that uh, malware tends to get more dangerous permissions than uh, legit applications. So in the future we want to also incorporate this data and these uh, applications into our overall data quality evaluation. So uh, as a future directions we want to develop uh, to develop a cloud service uh, that will take into account device rating, uh, history of the security score uh, and integrate uh, also permissions analysis uh, what applications I start on a device, and so on. Uh, also, uh, we consider privacy as one of the data quality metrics because if uh, some data compromised uh, and somebody uh, see it except you, it can be useless for you in the future. Uh, so one of the cases that we study right now, uh, it's called colluded applications vulnerability on Android devices. Uh, however, this vulnerability uh, also can be used can be detected on uh, iOS devices and Windows phones. And what is called applications? It's when uh, two or more applications collaborates, uh, collaborate uh, in order to bypass uh, permission mechanisms. And uh, for example, you can install um, contact optimizers that only requires uh, ask permission for your contacts and later you install weather forecast applications that only uh, request permission uh, to internet, but as soon as you install these applications together on your on one device, uh, they start to communicate with each other, and contact optimizers transmits uh, through Android uh, communication mechanisms, uh, inter-application communication mechanisms, to weather forecast application, and weather forecast can send your contacts to some third parties. And there is different cases, uh, and uh, there is already some studies were made and 
there is a bunch of applications that exploit this vulnerability. So we did our experiment, uh, empirical study, and we, uh, you can see this graphs of memory consumption and uh, CPU usage. At the left, uh, it's when there is no any attack. You can see this more or less random pattern, random memory allocation and random CPU usage. Uh, however, middle and the right graphs, uh, when was one attack and three attacks simultaneously, we transmitted from one application to other uh, 300 megabytes of data. And you can see the distinguished patterns in memory consumption. And during this attack, uh, CPU is saturated. So we want to use this data for detection uh, of collusions and lowering, like we can then calculate data quality. And this future direction in this, uh, we want to collect more data, uh, study different uh, cases, uh, try uh, to get more uh, detailed data for CPU and for memory consumption, uh, detect real-time, develop real-time detectors of this collusion and uh, reduce false alarms as, as much as possible. Uh, second uh, use case that we, uh, and empirical studies that we did, uh, it was about attacks uh, on the sensor networks, particular jamming attack. Uh, and here you can see how data quality, this graph, uh, this sharp decision boundaries. Uh, green is when there was no attack, uh, red and when there is attack. And uh, we used uh, such metrics as packet delivery ratio, it's uh, XY x-axis and signal strength as a uh, y-axis the other metric uh, so this can be used as well for data quality evaluation uh, third case uh, maybe dr can yeah basically we develop uh, fuzzy rule systems which evaluates data quality for uh, data collected um, in tasmanian marine sensor networks they collected uh, some data about the quality of water in the ocean and uh, depending on the sensors which uh, have been used and depending on the service uh, of those sensors the quality of data could go up and down uh, basically that's all for our presentation uh, so we are looking for collaborators uh, and anybody who interested in our research Uh, yeah, and this is the list of our publications in this project so far, uh, which have been published. Uh, a few more are in the pipeline right now. Um, and uh, again, uh, if you uh, want more information about us, we will be presenting our work at NSF Cybersecurity TTP workshop in New York City in a couple of weeks. Uh, we already got a couple of apps on Google Play, uh, which Igor mentioned, and you can download them and try it on your Android phone. Uh, of course, you're, uh, you're welcome to look at our publications, and we are developing now the project website. Hopefully, it should be ready soon. Uh, and uh, again, we are looking for collaboration. Please, please contact us if you uh, get interested. So we are done with the first part. <laughs> Great. Uh, thanks, uh, 
Dr. Resnick and uh, Igor. Uh, we've got a question here from Jim Basney. Thanks for your presentation. Does your research include a threat model for data quality, example, malicious action, hardware failure, software error, et cetera, for determining if the data quality metrics address the threats? Uh, we have not developed the generic threat model so far. Again, uh, we tried uh, for this example uh, with sensor networks, which we demonstrated, we tried a jamming attack, but again, it was a particular example. Um, so yes, probably we have to consider certain attacks and be more specific. Uh, and probably again, that could be an interesting development of uh, our work because at this stage, we were trying to concentrate on develop some kind of generic cyber infrastructure procedures and software. Do we need, okay, here's another follow-up. Do we need metrics about the metrics to know the quality of the metrics? <laughs> uh, yeah, actually, that's a very good question. How to decide if metrics are good or bad? Um, and again, um, so far, our idea is that, again, so far, we were talking that we, in the, this is a cyber infrastructure development project, so we, give, we develop some cyber infrastructure procedures and software, we give it to the user, the user decides. So that's an approach in this project. But as I mentioned, uh, we uh, want to move up and we want actually to adjust those data quality. So for uh, based on supervised and maybe later unsupervised learning. So uh, what we want to do, we want to run some test cases, say we've got some metrics and we use it, we've got some data quality indicators, now we test it on certain cases when we do know the answers or can get the answer. If um, we fit those cases and we fit those answers, then it means that our metrics are good. If we don't, our metrics need to be adjusted. And again, that's the next stage where we want to go. If, again, if you want to collaborate on that, would be great. So we've still got some time for more questions. Um, while people are typing, I'm just going to uh, grab this. Can you stop sharing or sure. I can grab the screen? Yeah. got it okay okay let's stop sharing thank you and i just want to show uh first we've uh we've got a survey so let me just throw up the survey here in our chat and so we we really appreciate the feedback about this presentation and any requests uh for uh more presentations so here's the survey link and uh I will I'll add the link to your uh, to your apps in the follow-up email that I'll be sending out with the video so people can uh, look up your your apps there okay. and then um, uh, to view presentations join our mailing list or submit requests please visit us at trustedci.org webinars 
And our next webinar is the 23rd at 11 a.m. And our topic is creating dynamic super facilities the safe way. Our speakers are Jeff Chase and Paul Ruth. Um, so I'm just going to wait to see if we've got any more questions that are coming in. Well, Vaughn says thank you. <laughs> Well, it looks like we have addressed all of our questions so far. Uh, uh, Dr. Resnick and Igor, do you have any, anything to say in a follow-up? We just want to thank you uh, for organizing this webinar, and thanks. Uh, we want to thank all participants, too, for their time. And again, I hope uh, we can get together later and think about collaboration. Thank you. Yes, thank you, everybody, for joining. And uh, with that, oh, great. Excellent presentation and research. Thank you. Oh. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Wonderful. Okay, great. Well, uh, with that, I will stop recording. <laughs>